Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. You're listening to the Women's Hope Podcast of the Master's University with Dr. Shelby Cullen and Kimberly Cummings. Join them as they bring hope and encouragement through 25 years of combined experience in biblical discipleship and counseling as ACBC counselors. Shelby and Kimberly provide biblical and practical wisdom by coming alongside women with the teaching and resources necessary to grow in the grace and the knowledge of their Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description. This is Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives, a series dedicated to the testimonies of believers and followers of Jesus Christ. I am your host, Arlenis Bakalu. Welcome to Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. We're back again with a new episode. And thank you to all of you guys again for all of your support. And remember that you can continue supporting us by leaving us a review. Just write down how this has been an encouragement to you because then this will be very helpful for anyone who might be searching for a podcast to listen to. And well, on that note, please help me uh, welcome uh, my guest for today. Her name is Juana. So thank you, Juana, for joining me here at Ordinary People with Extraordinary Lives. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> no, thank you for agreeing to be, you know, I know like people, sometimes they say, I don't know, I don't feel comfortable in front of the camera. I don't feel like comfortable doing this, but I'm so grateful that you guys just overcome your fear and you sit here and just to talk to us and, and talk to anyone, you know, who will be listening or watching later on. So Juana, I will like to... Uh, ask you just to kind of introduce yourself um, and just share with us a little bit about who Juana is to uh, tell us a little bit about your childhood as you know as much as you can remember or as much as you know you can uh, as far as you can go back in your childhood and just share about um, what was life like for you growing up were you raised in a believing home what was life like for you as a child I was raised Catholic um, I ha grew up with two older brothers, one younger brother. I don't remember too much regarding my childhood due to memory issues. Um, growing up, I think I did go through this phase where I was a tad bit rebellious. So I did get a glimpse. I mean, my mom, she sent me to confirmation, the Catholic traditions that we needed to complete. Mm -hmm. I never bought into having to confess to a priest. I just didn't, I didn't like it. It didn't make sense. Praying to saints that never sat well. I didn't understand it. It was weird. But there was, you know, praying to the Virgin Mary. Mm -hmm. um, I think, yeah, I think my teenage years, I think I was rebellious. So my mom tried sending me to various 
retreats. I think some Catholic. One time she sent me to this charismatic church with some friend of hers that she knew. I don't know. It was really weird. People were speaking in tongues. And then, like, the pastor would go up to people. And the lady that took me, she took me up to the front. And I remember the pastor would put, like, his hand on people's foreheads. And they would faint. Mm, they would fall on the ground. Yeah, but it was interesting because he would, like, push them to the ground. So I was rebellious and I wasn't going for it. Mm-hmm. And anyhow, since I wouldn't fall to the ground, he proclaimed claim me as demon-possessed. And, yeah. He said that you were demon-possessed? He said I was demon because I resisted him. It was, you know, it was clear what was going on. Yeah. You're raised in the Catholic uh, Church, and you basically, though they they, they try to teach you the traditions, you're not really following along the traditions. No, that, it you didn't know, make sense. Are, yeah. Yeah. It didn't make sense having to confess to a Catholic priest. Like, mm-hmm. I, Why? You know, Mm -hmm. why him? Why can't I go to God directly? And then what they would say in order for your sins to be forgiven, you just had to pray, I don't know how many Hail Marys and Our Fathers. And like, Mm -hmm. yeah. The prayer based works. Yeah. And so how is that life for you then as a teenager? What what is life like? What what are you doing at this time? Um, What's happening at this age for you as in your teenage years? I don't remember too much prior to high school, like absolutely nothing in elementary school, hardly anything in junior high. I guess I would say overall I had a happy life, even though I was a tad bit rebellious. I was just, you know, um, yeah, I don't remember. So how far can you remember in your life? You know, it's okay. This is amazing. I remember it um, up until like 30, Mm -hmm. around close to the time of my salvation. Like I remember big events that stood out or people that may have stood out. I don't remember too much. And I remember I struggled for a long time with that because I couldn't remember and the doctors couldn't figure out like what was happening. They did like various tests. And I remember Austin Duncan, he preached and he said, you are responsible for the forgiving and God will take care of the forgetting. Mm -hmm. So I, that was a blessing. Like a life before Christ is not worth remembering. Mm. So you basically don't remember anything. I don't remember a lot before your conversion. Before I was saved, yeah. So what do you? What is the last thing that you remember before you came to? Okay, well Christ? I remember. Okay, so I got married at twenty three, mm-hmm. and when I got married, I had three stepkids, and they were all in their teens. Mm-hmm. The oldest was seventeen, getting ready to turn eighteen. And my stepson, I think at the time was 16 and my stepdaughter was 15. So my husband had custody of them. He had been divorced for some years. And when I married him, I think they were just accustomed to living life a certain way. Mm -hmm. And I come along and, you know, there were various arguments with my stepkids and myself, my husband and stepkids, me and my husband. I remember that was... One of the hardest things I had to deal with, you know, life mm-hmm. before was things came really easy. Mm-hmm. That was my biggest struggle. Um, How, what, what do you mean that things came easy? I was happy. I didn't, I don't know. I, I guess I had everything. I, I mean, I was happy. I, you know, had friends, had a job. I just. And what was missing then? 
if you had everything and you, all you I ever happy, wanted, you know, no, I was happy, but all I remember, all I ever wanted was to be like a wife and a mom. Mm-hmm. And God graciously gave me those things, but it wasn't the marriage I wanted. I wanted a happy marriage with like no arguments. No, it was not a peaceful household. I mm-hmm. did not like being married at all, mm-hmm. you know, and I came very close to not remaining married very many times. Like I remember taking on overtime intentionally so that I wouldn't be home. I would just come home, sleep, take a shower, leave, and just working a lot because it was difficult. I don't know. I would say, I guess, you know, the happy marriage was an idol in my heart. Mm. So you basically idolized the idea of having a perfect marriage, having the perfect marriage without arguments with, uh, I mean. I didn't grow up arguing in my house. I don't know. There was never arguing with my parents. Nobody ever raised their voice. You know, you would say mean things and then you'd get over it. I don't know. It wasn't a peaceful life. Yeah. So basically it wasn't like what you expected. So marriage was not what you expected before. I, yeah, I got pregnant six months into the marriage, which changed the dynamics. I now had to figure out how to make this work. Mm -hmm. And then after that pregnancy, then what happens? I kept getting pregnant. How many kids did you have? I have three kids. You have three kids. So within that same marriage. Yes. Yes. The three kids in the marriage. And um, what is what is happening in your life at this point? Like you're having three kids, you are married. So it seems like you were getting what you desire before, but it's uh, in the way that you dreamed no. of. I Like I said, there were various arguments all the time with my stepkids. You know, my husband, I there was absolutely no peace and I could not deal with that. It was a lot to endure. And you're not going to church, you're not, you're not. We would go to church occasionally, sometimes, you know, um, I, like I mentioned, so six months in, because of all the problems, mm-hmm. I saw the priest who married us and he was willing to give us an annulment. And then I found out I was pregnant with my son. And then that's when the dynamics changed. Like, I have to make this work. You know, I don't want my son growing up without his father. So, so many, and you're still going to the Catholic church then? So. Catholic. And then, you know, I would try various churches, I guess, Christian church. My husband did take me to grace a couple times, but I don't know. All to say is I knew that my life was broken. Mm-hmm. It was, but I always had this, um, you know, you go to a worldly judge, like a court. You go in your best dress clothes. You don't go in your rags. So I thought that I had to get my life in order before I can, you know, approach God. And so then I think we went to Grace Church, and I went to a woman discipling women's conference. Mm-hmm. And it was, I think it's like the last year they held it there. So anyhow, the speaker, she said, um, when you go before God in your rags of sin. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, he doesn't see your sins. He sees his sinless son in you. So she, she preached the gospel, the great exchange. And then I understood. And I remember that moment I walked out, went to the bathroom. I cried and I repented and everything changed. 
And how is it that you guys learned about Grace Community Church? How My husband guys- had heard him on the radio. Okay. And yeah. he is the one who takes you then to Grace Community Church. Yes. And then you go to this women's conference. Yes. And then this woman is basically sharing the gospel in this, yes. in this place. And you are convicted. In that- the way that I understood, yes. Yeah, it's finally like reveal like your it's what is it called like the blindfold well, yes. like off your eyes and the you're veil, able yeah. to see yeah the veil and you're able to, yes. to see and so oh. what is the process what happens then after this day so you, you repented and then what was life like for you after that okay so everything changed I remember started going to church my son was five at the time and I remember having questions about God's um, view on certain areas. Um, I don't remember whatever question I had regarding God or one of his attributes. I remember John MacArthur would preach on that very thing. The attributes you know. of God. Uh, yeah. Um, I think he was preaching through Romans too, which was incredibly mm-hmm. helpful. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so everything changed everything, friendships, even location where we lived, everything changed. And what about your marriage? Were you a witness of Christ in your home? Within my marriage, I have had to learn obedience to Christ. Mm -hmm. And that is, you know, my response, serving my husband. What is life like for you personally? What, What is changing in your life? What is different in your life after you come to Christ? Another thing that's different is, you know, I yearn for the word of God, to know him more, to honor him and obey him in relationships, uh, sometimes difficult relationships. The thing that changes, I guess, is my response. Mm -hmm. I'm not responding in my flesh. Mm -hmm. Or if I do respond in my flesh, I am convicted of it. I have to respond in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. A slave is not greater than his master. Jesus suffered, we'll, we suffer. Mm-hmm. Can't expect anything less. And uh, at that time when um, when you hear this message and that you, you know, that you say that it's like now you see the truth clearly, what was it a bit like? Like what was going through your mind? What, what was happening in that moment? Like that you're hearing this, that when you, when God I, sees you, he sees the sinless cry, right? Yes. Okay. I was absolutely broken. Every, the relationships were broken. And at that moment, just knowing that I was forgiven, I am his daughter and just seeking Christ, taking comfort in Christ, pursuing Christ. Mm-hmm. That is, you know, that's, that's our new life. And for you, um, obviously we all, in a personal level, even after we come to Christ, we struggle in different areas or we are faced with trials. Can you think of uh, like either some of the trials that you have to face or endure and how did the Lord basically help you through that process? How did that help you in your own spiritual walk? Trials are always there. Within the trials, I am called to be obedient to the Lord and Sometimes in circumstances that are less than ideal, you know, just responding in a way that honors the Lord, kindness, gentleness. I was blessed enough to have and still have godly people in my life to minister to me. I have my pastor. I have 
amazing godly friends, and they will always point me to the Word of God. They will always point me to uh, mainly obedience in Christ, your response, just knowing we each have our lot. And this this is what the Lord has given us mm-hmm. or given me personally. Is there like a, are there some scriptures that have been impactful? Like my go-to for the longest time has been no temptation has overtaken you, but such as is common to man. And God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able but with the temptation will also provide a way of escape also so that you will be able to endure it. That has helped me a lot in just enduring situations. Mm-hmm. Um, there is another one. Um, one of the greatest scriptures that has helped me, it says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but one who has been tempted in all things as We are yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Excuse me. Mm -hmm. And that is super, super comforting because Jesus is our great high priest who does sympathize. He sympathizes in loneliness, in sorrow, um, there is no situation that he does not understand. He knows us intimately. He knows our struggles, our weaknesses, our desires. You know, um, in times of loneliness, he knows that loneliness. He knows what it's like to have been rejected, betrayed. He knows. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for uh, sharing those passages. And, um, and it, so how was your dynamic then as far as like church, like um, what was your involvement like? Uh, did you have that desire to just start getting, you know, more involved in the church? And did you? I've served many years in children's ministries. Mm-hmm. So I did Awanas for the longest time and then I had health issues. I had to step down for a bit. I serve in nursery now, serve VBS and Yeah. And now that you mentioned also, I know that in the beginning, you also have that, you mentioned that you've had some memory, uh, like to remember things, it's been an issue. So are you okay sharing a little bit about what was that happened to you with your health? And oh, I don't, well, I don't know what it is. Doctors can't figure it out either. Mm-hmm. Um, they did various tests. So it's not uh, like you had an accident and things like that. No. It's just something that naturally has just been happened. happening. Yeah, they don't understand what it is, and it's fine, you know. Um, and what it, what it, what is it that it's happening? So it's just so there's like muscle spasms and just memories. Like I can't sometimes um, I will not remember times, dates, and events. Mm. So I rely on technology and my family to help me along with that. Mm. But I. Did struggle a lot with that. And I, there wasn't some huge trauma, physical or emotional. I just, I don't know what happened. Mm. It just, doctors can't figure it out, but you know. And how how has this been, like, affected you? Like, this is a trial. Not being able to remember certain things that you probably wanted to remember. How has it affected you? But also, how has the Lord used that? I'm not, like, bothered by that. You know, it'd be nice if I could remember, okay, today's Tuesday. I mean, I don't know. Um, I rely on technology a lot in my family. Mm-hmm. So it's not patient. a trial. Sometimes it's they just... have to repeat things over and over. You mm-hmm. know, sometimes I have to ask. 
a question a couple times and they just repeat it, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's like big events, you know, and it's, it's random because sometimes I can remember vivid details about something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know what um, causes me to remember some things and not others. But in, in in itself, it hasn't been like a yeah. trial, major trial for it's you. It's not a trial. No, it's not. it's not. You know, like I said, I, I rest in the Lord with this, you know, God, God sovereign and in control. I just, I learned to live life with it. I remember if I remember somebody, he's like, oh, this person's like really nice. This person's great. Like I remember positive things. Mm. So it's good. It's like rose colored glasses, not intentional, but. And what about with your kids? Um, because, so you became a believer after you had them, right? Yes. Okay. After you became a believer, obviously, how, how has it been for you having to like disciple them or to like minister to your own kids, like sharing the gospel with them? How has that been for you? Oh, it's been a joy just raising them in the word of God among other believers in the church of God. It's, it's a, it's a privilege. It's, you know, they have sound doctrine. They hear it, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to have to eventually make it their own. They have a different mother. You know, they would have had such a worldly mother before, you know, had it not been for the grace of God. I, by God's grace, I'm, you know, have a lot of godly people in my life that, they see an area of sin in my life, they will tell me about it lovingly. And what are you more, most grateful for of the things that the Lord has done in your life? I am grateful for my conversion. I'm grateful for my family, my kids. I'm grateful for our church. And how has the church been of help for you, like the body of Christ? Uh-oh. How have they been able to help you? Oh, gosh. Um being fed spiritually, um, the fellowship, you know, they weep when you weep and they rejoice when you rejoice. It's mm-hmm. definitely intimate friendships. When I got sick over December, they were just like texting and praying for you, encouragement, meals. I was just blown away by their love, mm-hmm. you know, just even praying for me. Like, yeah. Like you actually think of me, you include me in your <laughs> prayers. Yeah. And just to to say how important the body of Christ is, yes. you know, yes, we're being fed the word of God, but also just like you said, the serving. fellowship and serving you and and things like that. Are and are you involved in and so you said that you served in the children's ministry. Have you moved to serve in other places at the church or or not? Currently? Um yeah, just children's ministry. Just That's the, the only thing that my and time why the allows. Children's for. Ministry? They asked. They ask him. Yeah, they need it. They yeah. Need yeah. And how has that been for you? What what has been the experience like for oh, you? Oh, it's wonderful. Okay. Yeah, it's wonderful. When I served in Iwanas, I served with the Pagars who were just such a blessing, just, you know, constant encouragement. Gosh, they even fed us every single Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. And these are like amazing meals. They would just serve us mm-hmm. and, you know, constant encouragement, VBS, they make it so easy to serve because they make all the preparations. We just show up because I was mm-hmm. in the capacity of the, of the leader. So we just show up and then they just, their preparations just like blow me away. Craft time's ready. Their, um, you know, music's ready. Or I think one time they had like a puppet show and that was like, we just take them from location. I mean, they make it so easy to serve. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're, they're the ones truly serving. Yeah. They're the one, they put in the hard work and 
You know, they do it with such joy. Yeah. Yeah. And God has totally blessed our church with like such amazing talent. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of the resources that have been helpful for, helpful for you, if you can remember, like, I do you read books? I do. You... Okay. So when I first became a Christian, right at the conversion, one of the books that actually made a difference was John MacArthur's uh, Extraordinary Women of the Bible. Mm-hmm. He had a chapter on Mary because I could not, because for many, many years in my life, we were taught to pray to Mary and I couldn't understand why that was wrong. I know it's so, so anyhow, John MacArthur had this chapter on, on Mary. He did speak that she, you know, she was a sinner like us not to be worshiped. He spoke of, what was it? He spoke on, I think it was like, so I remember Catholics say, you know, his first miracle was upon his mother's request. That's why we approach her. And there's a verse that John MacArthur pointed out that before that, he, um, she did make her request, but he says, what does this have to do with us separating, you know, his deity from, you know, um, his responsibility to her, you know, or just um, separating, doing the miracle upon her request, as the Catholics put it, mm-hmm. and doing his father's work. You know, he did mention that, and gosh, I don't remember the other but it was it was helpful. It was very very so helpful. Extra- extraordinary woman. It's one of the books that yes. have been helpful for you. Are there any other books that have been? I love Elizabeth Elliot books. Mm. Those are, yeah, she's an amazing woman. Just uh, being able. I mean, just you know, perspectives, a godly perspective. I don't know. I lived worldly life before Christ, and just she would speak on purity for example, things like that. So Extraordinary extraordinary Woman and then anything from Elizabeth, Elizabeth Elliot, Elliot. Nancy Lee DeMoss, I enjoy. Nancy DeMoss? Yeah. Yeah, and she has taken over, uh, Revive, well, it's called Revive, Revive Our, Our Hearts. Hearts. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, I listen I'm to a, it. I'm actually going to ask you this. So what are some of the podcasts that you are listening to? Revive now? Our Hearts. I love that one. Yeah. I do <laughs> listen right, to, yeah, sermons are, are, are wonderful. You know, I can listen to them while I do laundry or dishes or do whatever it is I need to do. Um, so yeah, Revive Our Hearts is a good one. And then I actually go to the um, church and go back to sermons by pastors, mm-hmm. old sermons. Yeah. I have my favorites. Yeah. <laughs> Which ones are some of your favorites? My favorite pastors or sermons? Oh, sermons. Oh, my favorite sermons. Okay. Steve Lawson. I, I love his sermons. Uh, the sermon, it will cost you everything. That is so good because it does cost you everything. People mm-hmm. think it's easy to be a Christian. It's not. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to give up your worldly desires, you know, your passions. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to obey. And sometimes it's not easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like you have to lay lay down, down your, your life, life and take up, take your, up, cross, take up your cross him. that's what it is it's not yeah. like i'm gonna make you rich and i'm gonna give you all the things that your heart desire that's not what christ promises yeah yeah and so tell me about three things that brings you joy joy yeah oh gosh my kids i love my kids they bring mm-hmm. me joy my family brings me joy gosh the word of god the word of God brings me joy. Even in situations that have been so excruciatingly painful, you find comfort in the Lord. You find comfort in Christ. You know, he's not this far off God that really doesn't understand. He does. He knows what it's like to be lonely. He knows what it's like to be rejected. He knows what it's like to endure pain and 
you know, everything we could ever, ever imagine. He's experienced it or he has felt compassion upon somebody with a disability or, you know, he knows Mm -hmm. there's comfort in that. It's the only thing that will bring us comfort, the word of God. Yeah. Amen. And tell me, what are some of the things that you and your family like to do together? Uh, We love to go camping. Camping. (laughs) We go camping. We love it. We just, sometimes we play games at home, go to church together, Mm -hmm. watch movies. The biggest thing is camping. I think that's our highlight. Yeah, as a family. Yeah. Yeah. And do you have a favorite book in the Bible? And which one is it and why? I love the book of Ecclesiastes. And because here you have a man that had it all. And at the end, he sees that it's it's in vain. It's worthless. A life without God is not worth living. It's not. It's worthless. It's all vanity. Oh, it's all vanity. He had it all. Yeah. And really nothing but God will bring you joy. Nothing but God will bring you happiness. Mm-hmm. You can have everything. You can lose everything, you know? Mm-hmm. I love the book of Job, too. Mm-hmm. Book of Job is amazing. I love it, too. You know, here you have a man that lost everything, too. And I remember what stands out. I think it's Job 38, where he questions the Lord, and then the Lord just goes on and on about, like, who are you to question me? Who are you to question, like, my decisions? You know, were you there when I, like, set forth the earth, its boundaries, the, sea, the boundaries of the sea? Like, it's just, it's so humbling. It's like sometimes we think something we're going through is difficult or unfair or even like we can't even ask God why because we don't have his knowledge. We don't have his wisdom. We don't have his sovereignty. It's like we are not to even question him. You question him, you get like a whole couple of chapters, right? Yeah. 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 I love you know, that chapter too. It's so yeah, beautiful. Just like how the Lord just comes and asks him like, where were you when I was, you know, laying down the foundation? Like. Yeah. You know, it's like, who are you to question me? Yeah. Like he's the creator. Yeah. And that was, yeah. I love, I, yeah. I, I love There's that. comfort in that. That just like puts us in a yeah. place of humility that we should fall before God. Mm-hmm. And now after you became a believer, did you have any uh, trouble um, in, as you're learning all this theology now, you know, from the word of God and um, did you struggle with a particular theology or like um, anything from the Lord? Like something that, that just like a lot of people have like problem with like election. One of the struggles that I had personally was not so much with anything regarding theology. Um, I had, I think I struggled with my circumstances. So I had to wrestle with knowing that God is sovereign and God is wise and God is good. And despite any situation that may be less than favorable or difficult, he is sovereign, he is wise, and he is good. And I just, you know, it goes back to Job, you know? Mm-hmm. Who are we to question the Lord? Yeah. You know, um, the timing of our salvation, who's saved, who's not. Because you want to see people saved. Yeah. You want to see people obey God. You know, or even with us, ourselves, you know, just why do I keep failing in this certain area? You know, I'm thankful our pastor, John, explains things very, very well. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, to conclude, what are what are you looking forward to? 
What are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to heaven. And we won't have to struggle with our sins and we won't have to uh, struggle with, you know, like failing the Lord daily because that's what we do. We fail like when we are, when we come to know the Lord, it doesn't mean that we are now perfect and we are like living a perfect life. Uh, No, we struggle. Mm -hmm. And the more we spend time in the word of God, the more we are able to see our wretchedness, like to see our sinfulness, the more we are convicted in the areas that we're failing. And the more we are reminded that no matter what I do, I can never, ever save myself. And I will be closing us in prayers. Yeah. Heavenly Father, uh, we are so, so grateful, Lord, that Um, that we have been saved through faith in Christ alone, Lord. Thank you because um, Christ's sacrifice on the cross was sufficient. It is enough, and it is, like Christ said, it it is finished. Thank you because um, we can come before you, Lord, and just tell you and confess our sins to you, and you are so gracious and so kind and so loving, And you're willing to forgive us, Lord, that we don't have to be afraid, but that we can confidently come before your throne and uh, confess our sins and just bring our prayers and requests to you, Lord. I pray, Lord, that if there is anyone on this day listening to this podcast who is not a believer, uh, that you will open their eyes and their heart and that they would uh, surrender their life. They just give up their life and to follow Christ. And if uh, any brother and sister is listening to this, that this could be an encouragement to them, that they could uh, meditate in the work that you have done in their life, uh, how you brought them out of darkness into light, Lord. Thank you so much, Lord. We love you. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening or watching our podcast. If you're enjoying our podcast, we would like to invite you to support us by leaving us a review. Let us know how you have been encouraged by each one of the stories that you have listened here. Also leaving us your feedback. You can also help by following us on social media on Instagram and Facebook or by liking or commenting on our post and also by sharing with your friends and family. Also, don't forget to subscribe on our podcast and YouTube channel. Another way that you can also help us is financially by visiting our Patreon page by going on the link here on the description.